0: This week's John Tap Racing Podcast is brought to you by Inglis, number one in its field. If genetics count for anything at all, 27-year-old Kiwi Jason Collett was destined to be a jockey. His dad, Richard, was very successful over the jumps and is now a prominent trainer. His mother, Judy, rode 100 winners before a broken ankle ended her career. He has two sisters who've been very successful indeed and uh, he has a cousin Samantha who's ridden more than six hundred winners. Good morning, Jason Collett. Was there ever a time when you considered going right away from racing and doing something else?
1: Morning, John. Uh, no, no, there, there wasn't really. Um, had a couple of uh, hiccups along the way, but to be honest, no, it's uh, it's always been always been on the front
0: of my mind. You rode as an amateur to begin with, at uh, the picnic meetings in New Zealand. Uh, So does that mean you were maybe half-hearted about it in in those early stages?
1: Um, It was actually started off as an amateur, which is basically like a a picnic rider uh, here in Australia. So Hmm. um, I think it was more just because I was riding track work at the time for Dad and I guess it was a way of just sort of testing the waters. Uh, It was a bit of fun more than anything, really. I wasn't at the time thinking, oh, that will lead on to being a a jockey apprentice, but it's sort of, it's the way it paved.
0: You did eventually start riding in the (coughs) professional ranks, of course, and you became champion New Zealand apprentice with 82 wins in the 2010-11 season. That would have fired you up a bit.
1: Yeah, it did. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> it's uh, just previous to that. I, I I did a stint in Australia, and it it sort of probably it made it made me more more hungry, more just sort of open my eyes a bit more. It's, it's pretty laid back in New Zealand, as as most people know. It, it was yeah. So coming over and and testing and experiencing some Australian racing and seeing how things worked here, yeah, it, it probably it drove that ambition more and that led me to to head back and and, and aim for the the Apprentice title.
0: Now that title gave you a three-month scholarship in Sydney with Chris Waller. Is it fair to say that Chris took you under his wing? Uh, You rode 24 city winners in that time and four on the provincial circuit and uh, Chris seemed to take a genuine interest in you.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. He... I think at that stage, when I come over here, I think he'd been a couple of seasons as leading trainer, and and he was on the rise to to being our dominant he is now. Um, so I was, I was getting nice rides, I was getting a lot of opportunities, and and yeah, that led to more opportunities, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a very good experience for three months, that's for sure.
0: And of course, you're still writing for Chris Waller. I mean, he often has five or six runners in a race, and when he does, it's a certainty that you'll be on one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's um, obviously he wins. I think around around about twenty five percent of the races here in city races here in Sydney. I worked out. So
0: hmm.
1: yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of runners. Yeah, so maybe not at the top of the picking order, but definitely definitely on the list there. Yeah.
0: You went back to New Zealand and quickly picked up where you left off. Now, everything was going along smoothly until you had a very nasty fall one day at a place called Tauranga. What were the extent of the injuries, Jason? was pretty serious, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. In, yeah, You got the pronunciation right there, Tauranga, so <laughs> that's
0: good. <laughs> I've been practising.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I, I did have a nasty fall. I... Um, I was near the tail of the field in a, in a maiden mile, I think it was, clipped to heel uh, about the 600, and, and basically just went hit, got catapulted straight into the ground. Uh, we, I think we ended up doing a collarbone, uh, had a concussion and a bleed to the brain, so that put us in hosp- put me in hospital for about a week. Uh, don't remember like much of that, and then did another sort of week in rehab just uh, until I came sort of came to um, sort of and then I was basically at home for another 3, three 4 months um, yeah and then I I come back riding after yeah must've been I think about 3 to 4 months 4 months here yeah.
0: you did a lot of thinking during that period and uh, you realized <clears> that you <throat> really did want to be a jockey after all and that Australia was the place you wanted to be so when you came back, Jason, how did you get started? How did you pick up the threads back in Sydney?
1: Uh, yeah, probably just prior to that, it probably knocked a bit of sense into me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it made me realise, yeah, it's a pretty pretty dangerous job if it doesn't go right. And I thought, well, may as well be trying to make earn the most and do the best I can. And, and, and that was that was going to be a, the only way the best way to, to do that to achieve that would be to, to come back to Australia and um, start back there so once I sort of felt I had the apprentice title um, sorted I or well, prior to that I made a phone call to Chris just letting him know that I was, I was keen to come back so he was and he was keen to have me back too so that was the main thing so the end of the season there we we packed up and move move back permanently. Yeah.
0: It was during that period on your return to Australia that Chris Waller put you on a two-year-old filly called Winx. She was having her very first start in a race at Warwick Farm. You got her home. But how green was she? Jason, do you recall?
1: Yeah, she, she was very new. Very new. She... She was. She was. She had a. She had a decent frame on her, but she was. Yeah, there wasn't. Um, even now, you, you look at her. She's not. She's not built like a tank, or she's. She was, and she was. So she was even finer back then. Um, the race day, I remember going out onto the track, and I, I got I got word from a couple of the stable stable ads that she she goes pretty good this one. I remember looking at the tote board as I went out and she must have been about uh about sixteen, seventeen dollars and I went, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So she the race itself she was a bit she was slow to begin. Uh I think it was about a eleven 1, hundred metre race and they were they went they went hell for Lever in front and it was feline's Chris Lees' horse was might have been out in front and they were they were hiking along and she was she never touched the bridle at all. Mm-hmm she was she was flat out uh she started to started to get a start to find find it i guess a bit about this about the 500 uh, and then the next thing you sh- come underneath the around in the bend and then she just launched mm-hmm. once they 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 were stopping obviously but she was probably just then starting to saying to find it and she ended up running away with it by a couple lengths and Yeah, I do remember coming off and coming back in and looking at the the tote price, and she started a lot shorter than (laughs) what she she was when I went out. But um, no, I I did I did think, oh, geez, that was pretty good. But also, I I I did think, wow, it is it's it's winter, winter, winter racing. Um, Yeah, I didn't think she'd be uh, going on to be winning three Cox Plates.
0: No, potentially
1: four. Yeah, make it
0: four. Make that four.
1: Made that four basically, yeah.
0: Yeah. You won on her again, Jason, not long after at Rose Hill.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a more professional performance that day. Uh, it was a Saturday winter mid winter Saturday race. I think there may have been about six runners or so. Um and again she she sat back and weaved a passage in the straight and, and it was too good. Not 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 quite as impressive, but they were better horses that day. I think ins and Outs was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was back then. He was he was going quite well, yeah. So, but again, I I didn't get off and think, geez, this is uh this is something special. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Yeah.
0: But but Jason, her racing pattern was established way back then, wasn't it? She, you know, she just loves to find defeat. She hits that little flat spot when they quicken. And then, as you said, she just launches.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably comes back to Chris's, um, I guess, training and, and education, where he doesn't overpressure them too much early, where they they must jump and run. Mm. Um, you know, he lets them, gives them time. Like she didn't have a she didn't have a first race into a late a late two year old, so she. She had plenty of time. She had plenty of trials, I think, beforehand. So um, it, she was going to slowly, slowly pick it up and, and do things correctly as opposed to being pressured and, mm. and, then, and then having to rectify that yes, um, yeah. in, in her career. Yeah.
0: I think you rode her three times after that. You ran second in the T-Rose Stakes. Uh, then she was yep. unplaced on two occasions, Jason, uh, in the Light Fingers and the Surround. So, you know, she was at, at that particular time. She was just another nice filly.
1: Yeah, she was. She she had a break after that that second win. She came back and I actually got off her. <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, it was the first race of the the Princess series. Um must be the Furious, I think it is, the 1,200. She ended up winning that on a wet track. Mm. Uh, I got back on her in the T-Rose and she runs second on a good track to first seal and then Huey rode her in the, the flight where she got beat mm. by first seal again. Uh, so and that, that was her second prep and Then then she had a break and came back in the autumn for basically an Oaks campaign uh, and that's where, yeah, had the two rides on her early. Um, must have been like 12, about a 1200 and a 1400 metre race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she said, look, she went okay, but she didn't, yeah, she, I watch her now and I, I see like everyone, when she quickens, she, she, she seems to lower and just, 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 just dashes. Mm. Um, and I don't, I, I don't remember her sort of doing that back, back then. She hadn't quite established that strength to be able to, to sprint the way she does now, like the sectionals, she can reel off are quite quite unbelievable. Really, mm.
0: Jason, you'll be dining out many years from now on the fact that you rode Winks five times and won on it twice.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably don't appreciate it and, and won't until she retires and then look back and go, wow, she she was she was definitely mm. something something very special. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, pretty cool to be, be a part of that, mate,
0: yeah. I knew uh, a very old man at Armadale a long time ago, Jason. I knew he'd been a former jockey. Uh, he went to live in Armadale when his riding days were over. He stayed there for the rest of his life, and he lived to a grand old age. And at the Armadale Cup every year, I would catch up with Jack Baker, who... As an apprentice rode Farlap to his very first win in a three year old maiden at Rose Hill. It wasn't long after that, that Jim Pike took over, but Jack Baker dined out on the fact for the next seventy years that he rode Farlap <laughs> to the champion's first win. You might be the same with Winks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, not living in Armadale. No disrespect there. I actually don't know where Armadale is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, in the northwest and a great racing town.
1: <laughs> but no, no, I, I I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it will definitely be definitely be like getting um when I retire. Yeah,
0: back on, back. On. You must have been very happy with your uh, 2017-18 season, 93 or 94 winners, and you finished. Eighth or ninth on the Jockeys Premiership in Sydney, which is a very tidy effort.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was a good season. We it was littered with suspensions, which just probably just just how back a bit of momentum at certain stages where where it was starting to really go well. But as is it that, that's racing. Um, so <clears throat> no, very, very happy um, things. Things are just sort of, as I keep saying, just keep building each season. You just slowly start getting more opportunities and bigger races, better races. Um, and that just leads to more and more opportunities, basically. Yeah.
0: Success breeds success. Jason, we'll yeah. pause for a moment. We'll take an important break on the podcast. Back in just a second. For over 150 years, Inglis has led the way in the field of thoroughbred auctions. In 2018, Inglis again sold the most yearlings at the highest average. Last season, Inglis was number one for Group 1 wins and the only auction house to sell a Group 1 winning two-year-old. They sold four, in fact. I'm proud to align myself with Inglis, number one in its field. Talking to expatriate New Zealand jockey Jason Collett, who's been riding in great form over the last uh, season or two here in Sydney and a man, of course, who won two races on the Great Winks very early in her career. <clears throat> You've been on some really nice horses since resettling in Sydney. Uh, you rode Grand Marshal a few times. He ran second in a Chelmsford and third in a BMW. You ran second in a Sydney Cup on Opinion. Rebel Dane was probably the horse to... Gain you some recognition in those early days. Uh, you won four straight on him early in the piece, including the Royal Sovereign Stakes.
1: Yeah, he. I got on him, in, I think, my first season here in Sydney. He he won a maiden race uh, at Canterbury. It was it was pretty impressive, and I think it was quite a strong field that day. And then he, he sort of went on with it again on a Saturday grade race uh, at Rose Hill. Um and then and then he may have had a break, I think after that and then yeah the royal Sovereign at Rosal that day at group two he yeah, come out and he gave them a start missed, he missed the start actually gave them a start and, and and got over top of them. So he was yeah he was he was pretty could tell pretty early on he he, he was pretty special.
0: He gave his many owners uh, a fantastic journey. He, was, he won a Group 1 race probably two years after you rode him.
1: He did, yeah. Um, no, actually, I think he won a 1,400-metre f- handicap at in, in Melbourne, Glen Boss Road, and that was his first Group 1. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he, he went a season or two without. And he, I actually got back on, and near the end of his – his career, I rode him, and it might may have been the Shorts. I think it was, yeah, and he, mm. he ranked pretty well, and I got offered the ride down to Melbourne, but one, one, one mistake I made, I, I didn't take the ride, and he ended up coming out and winning. Mm. Uh, that was a, a group one around the valley, Ben Mellon rode him, so. Yep, it was the yeah,
0: Manicato Stakes.
1: Man, yeah, that was the one, yeah, mm. so. But he, he was he was definitely one of, the, one of the better horses I've ridden since settling here in Australia.
0: You won two stakes races on Man From Uncle for Anthony and Edward Cummings. I think it was the Group 3 Eskimo Prince and the Group 2 Hobartville.
1: Yeah, he was, he was at that time a nice three-year-old going through the coming up well and he was he ended up going up favourite, I think, on a heavy track in the Rand Guineas. But unfortunately, as I was to find out, Uncle Mo's aren't, aren't, aren't the best on heavies. <laughs> Heavy track, so um, but lucky he was he was a nice horse yeah unfortunately I don't think he's really gone on since uh, so yeah
0: you, you had the best of him
1: yeah yeah I think
0: I did I think I did yeah that group one is proving very elusive, Jason as they always do, but golly, you've been around the mark haven't you Here's one you ran second in the Australian derby on Harper's choice uh, behind John snow on a heavy track
1: yeah you're right the, the group one is 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 uh, proven a bit hard to get but in saying that it's getting closer it's as I, as, I, as I said before it's each season getting. Getting more opportunities in, in them type of races and better opportunities as well. So it's, it's yeah, it's as you say, success is creating more success and it's, it's yeah, like we ran last season. I think, I think about three seconds. Uh, season before that, we had maybe one second in a Group One. So yeah, yeah. this this season already, we we picked up. We we're a second behind Winks uh, in a first up Group One win. So it's it's yeah, it's it's coming along well.
0: You had a bit to do with Champagne Cuddles. Early in the piece, you won the Piero Plate on her as a two-year-old and another two-year-old race at Randwick. Second in a group one, the Golden Rose. Second in a group one, the Flight Stakes. You've really been hovering around the mark.
1: Yeah, she's, she's probably a bit similar to me. <laughs> she's, <laughs> you know, she's she, 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 she's only small and she, she tries her guts out, this, this filly, Mia now I should say, but fortunately she, she had to come up against a pretty good horse in Elise, uh, and obviously also trapeze artist in the Golden mm-hmm. Rose, and everyone knows what he's gone on to be able to achieve, so it's, yeah, she's, she's done well, so yeah, it's just unfortunate she, she's come up against some very good very good uh, three-year-olds of her time.
0: Heart Tester was very good to you, Jason. He won eight races and you rode him in seven of them.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't realise that. Uh, mm. uh, that's quite that's quite cool to know, actually. Yeah, he he was like Revel Dane. He won, I think he won his first four, four on the trot, and... Uh, and back then, I thought, oh, geez, he's real good, this horse. <laughs> and then we, we came out in a listed race and ended up getting beat by uh, Huey Road, one of Allen Denham. So that sort of put me back on the ground, ground level. Um, but no, he, 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 was, he was a lovely horse, lovely horse to ride, had a great attitude, uh, very quick, um, sometimes too quick for his own good.
0: He was trained by Matthew Smith at Warwick Farm, who does a very good job. Now, you rode another one for Matthew at Randwick on Saturday uh, by the name of Invictus Prince, who'd run second to Winks at his previous start. Uh, But second up, he just looked a little flat-footed coming up the rise, Jason. Just not quite sharp enough.
1: Yeah, he, after yesterday, probably created a couple more question marks. Uh, He's... Quite a quirky horse. Just sort of, we, we're only just starting to learn more and more about him each time he seems to go round. Like his performance that day against Winx was outstanding, obviously career best. And I felt if he if he, he produced a similar performance yesterday, he'd be winning that race. Mm. Unfortunately, he he had a winning run, but he, he wasn't able to produce. He sta- he did get going late, in between runners. Uh, so yeah, a few question marks there
0: his best work was right on the line wasn't it
1: It was yeah his form his form over back back where he started his career I think it was in England was was over further. so look that may be that may be where he needs to be heading but his, he, he does have a very good turn of foot as, as everyone's seen against winks so hmm. yeah it may not be just yet.
0: He's got a very high head carriage.
1: He does very awkward, which if he is to get over ground. He's he's going to need to
0: flatten need out a to bit.
1: change flatten out and change that, or mm. or I don't think he'll be running out a strong distance race.
0: Serene Miss was a nice mare. You won a couple of races on her, uh, including a provincial <coughs> championship at Randwick.
1: Yeah, she 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 won she won the provincial this year final and. She was very she, was, she did it very impressively she drew, drew one of the outside barriers uh, and she yeah it was did it very well. I think she I think she may have gone amiss unfortunately uh, after that. Uh, she may have gone to the breeding barn as far as I know now but yeah she was she potentially could have been something very special too.
0: Your partner is none other than the very talented young trainer Claire Cunningham who's been uh, really making people sit up and take notice in recent times. Now, does Claire give you complete freedom in selecting your rides or does she sometimes insist that you ride one from her stable?
1: Yeah, Claire's my partner. She she does a very good job. Um, when it comes to situations like that, I generally we, we work, work with her and I, I know I'll, I'll be helping her with the, doing a bit of track work, galloping them so I know how they're going and, and and where they'll be competitors. And that's generally most of the time where they do go, they are competitive, so they're generally good rides, here. Yeah. So I, I do want to be on them.
0: You ride the bulk of your track work at Warwick Farm?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um had a good association with Bjorn Baker, um and now obviously, with clear training out there. It's it's definitely um, we find it's a, it's a it's a good training centre. It's it's sort of not not so much hustle and bustle like uh, Rosehill or, or Randwick for that matter. It's it's a wee bit more laid back, but still being in the city.
0: Jason, you're in the toughest arena in Australia. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we have the strongest uh, the depth of, of jockeys here in Sydney. But you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I think I heard you say in an interview, at a charity function recently, that it makes you try harder.
1: Yeah, it does, John. It does, and uh, like that's like you hear people say, if you want to be the best, yeah, you need to surround yourself with the best. And and I I, I truly believe that it's yeah, if you, you surround yourself with good riders, it's, it does wear off. You you learn you learn off them. Um, and, and it's good to be around. It's, yeah, and and as you say, Sydney racing is just from when I first moved here. Credit to them, it's just gone from strength to strength. Um, it's definitely the place
0: to be. Jason, we appreciate your time on the podcast. Lovely to have a chat. As I said in the introduction, you're from a family of jockeys, and uh, I guess you you try to watch some of those New Zealand races. To see how your sisters and your cousin Samantha are doing.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I, I enjoy it. It's the time difference helps. Being uh, us being two hours behind because the, the races are generally on a touch earlier over here. So when I yeah come in after track work, I can sort of sit down and start watching a bit of the racing. So that's good. But it's yeah, I do. I do follow. I do follow my my, my dad's stable uh, and generally watch my sister who's, she's over in Singapore riding at the moment. So I, each race I have sort of an, an alarm set beforehand. So it makes, reminds me to watch them.
0: <laughs> Alicia is currently under contract in Singapore. How's she doing up there?
1: Yeah, she's doing really well, John. She, I think she's applying for another six months. Uh, she's had about 10 winners now. She's been near, I think she's been there about four months. Uh, And she's enjoying it. Yeah, she's doing really well. Good experience for her.
0: Jason, thanks for your time. Great to have you on board and good luck in the future. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, John. For over 150 years... Inglis has led the way in the field of thoroughbred auctions. In 2018, Inglis again sold the most dealings at the highest average. Last season, Inglis was number one for group one wins and the only auction house to sell a group one winning two year old. They sold four in fact. I'm proud to align myself with Inglis number one in its field.